Hello, it's Painter Sharpless with the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Today we dive into a little bit of, well, my soapbox, but pressing on past that, I'll just let you figure it out. It's not that bad, but still, I know you guys are coming here to get away from the news. Ugh, I'm making this sound terrible, but seriously, think about others as this coronavirus is impacting all of us. A recruiting roundup in a couple of ways, a brief bit about baseball, and we'll tie it all together at the end with what I guess you could consider a broad recap of some things we've talked about over the past few weeks. So a, I thought, fun show, lighthearted, simply because of the time of the year, the news cycle, where we are. Stayed away from basketball because of these one-day tournaments. If Ole Miss wins a few, then we'll talk more about it. All right, is that cool? Excellent. Let's get to it. All right, Painter, stop stalling. But first, a word from the folks who make this podcast possible. What's going on, the Locked On Ole Miss podcast? But you knew that. What a day it has been. And really, it's not so much been about sports as it is what this virus. And I know you probably are like, dude, I came to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast to not hear about it. And that, that might be fair. I mean, I don't blame you for that, but I think it's so important. Wouldn't it not be uh wouldn't it not be foolish for me to mention it? I mean, really? So the NCAA tournament will be played without fans, and I can't say I'm surprised. I think the writing was on the wall really throughout the last week, and then on Tuesday, as this is being recorded on a Wednesday. Hump day! The NCAA put out a press release that said really nothing except that at any point in time we could change our minds about how we do this tournament. And that was like, all right, well, if they're saying that, it seems like a matter of time. So let me know what you think. Do you care? Really, my biggest objection to this is people acting like their entertainment is more important than health and safety. And I get it. I get it. You're probably listening to this podcast going, Dude, if you get sick, you're going to be okay. And you know what else? You might be right. It's now seemingly more statistically likely that you will get it at some point. And on top of that, you're probably right, probably going to be okay if you're listening to this right now and you get the coronavirus sometime in the next 6 to 18 months. I don't know. Yeah, you are probably going to be all right. But that means there's still a chance you're not. And more importantly, why make the problem worse? Social distancing, yada, yada, yada. Slow it down. Let's be safe. Really, the only people that I'm concerned about are the people that need the paychecks for this job. And that is like the concession workers, the security, a whole host of people who you probably walk by and don't realize you're walking by at these games. A lot of them, it's their second job and they're not working it for pleasure. All right. So these paychecks are important to them. I'm also not really interested in those people getting sick because everybody wants their entertainment. So it's a double whammy for them. On the one hand, they could probably use the paycheck. I'm not saying that's the case for every person who is in that job. Some people are certainly not falling in that category. And I'm not looking down on that work, having done service work and security work myself. I'm just saying some of them definitely could use that money. On the other hand, the people working there, and there's a lot of them across the country for these events. It's a massive event. It's a billion-dollar thing. 
all said and told with the TV contracts, et cetera, et cetera. So you get where I'm going with this. I just want to start by saying I love sports. That's why I'm doing this podcast. You love sports. You love Ole Miss. That's why you're listening. So it's it's reasonable to want to see it, even though Ole Miss isn't going to be in the tournament. You just want to be entertained. A single elimination tournament is objectively a bad way to determine a champion, and it could not be any more entertaining. <laughs> like, it's, is it a paradigm? I don't know if it's paradigm or not. Good word, but somebody can say you used that word wrong. That's fine. It is an interesting way of picking a, a champion, though, right? Like, especially in a sport like basketball, where you can just have an off night, although that's true of all sports. So, I like March Madness, too, is what I'm saying. Like, I want to see it, and taking the crowd away takes the energy out of it. It's going to be interesting, though. Like, I do think it is going to be interesting watching this unfold and how it affects the players and the coaches. I mean, because you're basically, it feels more like a pickup game at this point. Also, I guess you could add while we're on this soapbox painter, I don't think they need to do it in the big venues at this point. The whole point is to put people in seats and have an accommodation large enough for the interest. Well, that is not the case without a crowd, so it'd be cooler to me if they did it in some sort of small, intimate venue or a historic place, whatever. I'm just throwing out things to stick to the wall. I just want everybody to be healthy. I want people to be safe, and I want you to get to enjoy your sports And there's a lot of money on the line, and so there's a lot of people who are not only passionate about their teams, but passionate about money, and they don't want that flow getting interrupted. You know what I'm saying? Most importantly, get your bread! So that's that. Moving on. How about that? I switched studios on you guys. Didn't even notice. So the jersey numbers were assigned for your new Ole Miss Rebels. You know it's slow when we're talking about jersey numbers, but it's a Wednesday, and... The SEC tournament is getting started, so I can't talk about that. It would just get outdated immediately. So instead, we'll talk about jersey numbers. This from 24-7 Sports. Demon Clowney will wear number 17. Derek Bermudez, number 15. Austin Keys, number 11. I like that for a linebacker. That's good stuff. Cade Renfro, number 20. Quarterback. The quarterback. It's not the right reference, but I think... You'll get the cadence, thus the movie. Lakevius Daniel, defensive back, number 29. Dalen Gill, linebacker, number 14. I like the linebackers going in the teens. Peyton Rogers, 44, a linebacker. Kenny Yaboa, number 88 for tight end, seems right. Chase Rogers, tight end, 83. Big fan of the teens. For Demon Clowney, the defensive end, I like it when they go single digits on the defensive line, truth be told. What I like the most is number 11. Number 11, Austin Keys. Shout out. So how do I stretch this out? How do I stretch this out? Because we've got a lot of time left and, quite frankly, not a lot of news. All right? Hold that thought. Since you asked, since you asked, I'll tell you my favorite jersey numbers. One, that's a good one, especially on a nice big guy. You know, really stretch those threads. Two, I think two's a great number. All right, two's a great number. It's great. Seven, a little cliche, but come on. The right guy's wearing seven, it's a great number. I dig eight, I dig 11. That's about it. I think that'll do it. If I was going to pick some numbers, I don't even know how many they are, but if I... We're a good enough athlete that I could be playing instead of talking about these guys' numbers. Believe me, I would. 
But here I am. So let's talk instead about recruiting Jay Hampton. This report from Yancey Porter went to Ole Miss as an unknown, as an unknown recruit. And now the six foot two, 175 pound receiver feels like he is being missed out on. Hampton said, I'm pretty good. I grind every day. Receiver coach Derek Nix, according to Porter, taking notice he will visit in March. Wide receiver coach Derek Nix will spend some time with Hampton. We'll find out if he's good or not. Quote, he has been checking on me and telling me to have a really good day at school. They like me. He likes the way I run routes and how explosive I am. Some other teams recruiting him. Mississippi State, Tulane. And he says Ole Miss and Mississippi State are talking the most right now. All right. Interesting. I'm not sure what to make of that, to be quite honest with you. It sounds like if he has a good year, there's a good chance he'll get an opportunity if he wants to, to go to Ole Miss. But that is, let's say, developing news. Developing news will keep you updated on Jay Hampton, the 6'2", 175-pound receiver. Ole Miss has not been shy to go after prospects who are highly touted. There are schools that prove every year that the rankings are either off or that they're just a good fit for their program. I don't know. I don't know. But you look at certain players that come out of certain programs. Clemson has become good at this identifying guys that fit what they do and what it is they aspire to be. Seriously, though, Isaiah Simmons, that guy just put up one of the most impressive NFL combines ever. And I'm not really a draft nerd. I don't care that much. I want to see them play. When they compete, it's more exciting, and I think it's more telling. But I get it. These draft nerds know what they're doing to an extent. And it's important, and it keeps football in the news cycle. So I get it. But Isaiah Simmons, dude, is just a monster. And you know what? Whether it's late blooming, whether it's getting better coaching, whether it's being pushed harder, I don't know. It could be a combination of them all. But identifying guys that are under-recruited can be a very winning strategy. Now, you're not going to be able to identify a full class of players like that. Then you're just getting out-recruited. But this takes us back to the blue-chip ratio. Get into that top 12, top 15 level, Bill Connolly. Check it out. There's actual science and numbers on what level of recruiting you have to be in to win a national title. Ole Miss, unsurprisingly, is not in that group. There's about a dozen teams. It fluctuates a little bit, but it's 12 or 14 teams. Bill Connolly, blue chip ratio, give it a Google. Ole Miss needs to get into that realm. Get into that realm. And a lot of people think it's not possible. Hugh Freeze did it, but we know how that went. I think it is possible with Lane Kiffin since you asked. Not only do I think it's possible, I think he will do it. And from there, he's innovative, creative, and his charisma, which has really nothing to do with play calling or game strategy, but an ability to read people in the moment can, in fact, be critical in leadership. The charisma has more to do with recruiting. I'm just saying give the man three or four years. I think they can pull in a top 15 class. Keep doing it.
Get creative. Get an elite quarterback. Good defensive line. Oh, baby, the people of Oxford, how they will scream with joy. In more recruiting news, this again from 24-7 Sports, Kenji Christian. We discussed him recently out of Pinson, Alabama. Was offered about a week and a half before he arrived. Got to junior day. That's what I meant by he arrived. Said I had a great time. I liked everything about Ole Miss. I want to see how they operate. I found out how they operated. Coach Smith has sent all of his running backs to the league. That's what really caught my eyes. I. He said I, plural. I. Which is, I think, the saying. So I want to give him credit. This next line is some of the better writing I have seen. I want to commend 24-7 Sports for their bravery. Things got hot and heavy in a hurry for the two parties. How about that? Very sensual recruiting, and I don't think it is meant that way. But at the same time, they knew what they were doing when they wrote that. And so tip the cap. Christian goes on to add, Coach Smith started following me around January. They started contacting me after that. Then they offered me about a week and a half. Go see, I think, you know, that line there before would really make you, if you were taking this out of context, if you were not aware, if you were recent to the sport of football, specifically college football, and how it is players wind up on the teams they're at, the programs they choose, that would be a very sensual three lines to read. Things got hot and heavy in a hurry for the two parties. Coach Smith started following me around. Then they offered me about a week and a half ago. Yeah, a lot in there, but hey, on the bright side for recruiting, Kenji Christian is a talented player, and it sounds like uh, there is some intrigue. There is some desire, if you will. He finished by saying their academics are good. They push you to get your GPA higher. They want you to graduate in three years, get your master's degree. They're trying to better you for life after football. I can get into that sales pitch. I can get into that real quick. Other offers, Ole Miss, Georgia, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, Georgia Tech, Nebraska, Duke, Kansas, and Kansas State. There are some others showing interest. Very evident that he would be a good player. 6'2", 203 pounds. Uh, That's a frame that's very exciting. And it seems like it is an exciting opportunity that Both Kenji Christian and the Rebels are serious about pursuing. On to baseball. The number five Ole Miss Rebels extended their win streak to 15 games by, I was going to say pummeling, but they did beat ULM 6-3. So soundly, not pummeling, but soundly. A tough test on the road, but a big day at the plate for Tim Elko, the junior captain. Blazing past the Warhawks 6-3. The victory, of course, as I just mentioned. It's in the lead, Painter. Extends the win streak to 15 games, tying for the second longest in program history. Ole Miss got the early lead on a three-run first-inning homer. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. Tyler Keenan. However, ULM tied it back up after two innings. But Elko is like, hold up. I'm about to break this tie. So he smashed a double. Smash, smash. Into your guy, Jerry and Ely. Yeah, the two sports star. Had a little something to say. Two out base hit. Stole second. Servideo reaches on a walk. A double steal. Ely slides through the bag at third. Tags out. Ends the threat. Boy, not the best sequence. That's okay, though. 6-3. 
Your Ole Miss Rebels win a midweek game. They're the better team. Those midweek games, though, can be tricky, as evidenced by the uh, poor recap I just gave. I just didn't feel like continuing to go. That was at the beginning of the game. Seemed like a lot. Ole Miss, 15-1 on the year, 2-0 in road games, 4-0 away from Swayze Field. I like that stat. Winning streak now up to 15 games for the third time. Can't forget that. Ole Miss now has the longest active winning streak in the nation, courtesy of Florida, who lost to Florida State. Tim Elko had a hell of a game. Fourth multi-RBI, fourth multi-hit game of the year. There you go. Ole Miss baseball absolutely rolling. Mike Bianco getting it done. Recruiting has been great. All the experts saying dippity dip. It's not going to be as good this year in a competitive SEC West in the most competitive league of the year. They're having to reload. A lot of youth. Well, wait for it. Now, we will find out soon enough, actually, because conference play starts. And look, we they have been tested by Louisville and some other teams, too, for what it's worth. But the consistency and the length of the conference season is is a grind. It's unquestionable that it takes not just physical stamina, but it will test these younger players. And for that, you turn to your veterans and a very experienced Mike Bianco. Curious to see what it is they can do this weekend. Let me know your thoughts at Paint Sharpless. What do you think about the way this baseball team has been performing to this point? We talked earlier in the week about recruiting and how Lane Kiffin can change the culture and also how a quarterback can neutralize what will still be a talent deficiency for the Rebels. I think there is definitely a path forward for success in the next four or so years. It's going to take some time. By year three, you should be expecting some results. By year four, you should be excited. And that's not fast. Like, I get it. You want to see it. You're seeing some programs turned around in a year or two, but that is not how it is going to work. It's going to take a couple of cycles and a couple of years of development so that some of those guys become upperclassmen, and they're going to have to find a really, really talented quarterback. And they may have that, by the way. That's not a position they have not recruited well. So the prospects for this offense to be good this season are there. And I don't mean prospects by players. I mean, like, there's real opportunity. I guess it doesn't matter, semantics. But there is definitely a chance that this could be a fun offense that is able to put up points. What I want to see, though, is how they do not just against three-quarters of the teams, but how does the offense look against Alabama, Auburn, LSU, the best defenses, are they still going to be able to put up some numbers? They don't have to win the game, but can the offense look alive? That could be just as important as honestly winning some of those other games. And we've been over what I think will happen this year from a distance. There's plenty of time, don't you worry, to amend that. Let's kill it there. Let's call it. We're going to do it again tomorrow, a Friday. That's not right. Thursday. Today is Wednesday. We will do it again on Thursday and again on Friday because this is your team. This is your podcast, the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. But seriously, your team every day. Let me know at Paint Sharpless what you want to hear. Slow time for the news. Had the little bit about coronavirus there at the beginning. Just trying to remind you that it is inconvenient, but also people, people's health, safety, it's affecting all of us. All right, so let's try to get through this together. Other than that, thanks for hanging out, y'all, as always. It's cool we get to do this and that we get to do it every day and that y'all are listening. And I'd love to hear what you think I'm doing wrong, what I'm saying that's stupid, because I know there's a lot of it. And I appreciate you being invested in the podcast in the same way that you're invested in your team. And because of that, 
for what feels like one too many times, I say thank you. We return back to action on Thursday, not Friday. Actually, Thursday and Friday. How about it? I'm getting out of here. Y'all do the same. Be easy.